it's so versatile that you don't, you can't, you haven't um, processed it. And this is what it is that I realized that I'm going to have to go through too. In the first week, probably first two weeks, it's going to take time for people to process things. Because mm-hmm. you still stuck on Pusha T and there's people that's in this generation now that's kind of like not making this music. All right. So I know you guys heard that. Depending on how you're feeling about it, you probably say, I don't even feel like hearing this episode with that kind of bullshit. But real quick, let's get organized. Now, for those of you guys that have been following me on the podcast, I do enjoy listening to Coyle Ray. I'm going to continue to praise um, Thieves in Atlanta with Young Blue, one of my favorite song by her and Young Blue together. And from there on, there's been various singles, I guess, uh, not I guess, another single that I've enjoyed was Anxiety. I enjoyed Blick Blick exclusively Nicki Minaj, not Koi's part. But going on from here, it's been about five days since Trendsetter released. The album is expected to sell 11K first week projections. Now, you know me. I'm not usually the type that first week numbers are the end all. I rarely even speak about expected numbers to begin with. But we have, we have a big problem here. Of course, you heard in the clip, and I don't want to say it's a jab to push a T, you know, but... There's a reason why Pusha T is still, people still fuck with Pusha T and listen to Pusha T because he is an amazing rapper. Artists, if you want to go the artist route, Pusha T, whether it's an old head, whether it's a young nigga, but regardless of the demographic, if you are a fan of rap and hip hop, you love Pusha T. You don't got to be a hardcore fan, but that man does not drop bad music. So for her to mention to, I believe it was Charlemagne that, oh, you're still stuck on Pusha T. What you mean? Pusha T, you could argue he's at the best he's ever been. You know, some people prefer his old music. Uh, I'm on the young, I'm 23. So Pusha T for me, Daytona, that's my favorite album. I've listened to his um, clips joined with his brother and I've enjoyed those projects. But to me, Daytona, <laughs> that's my favorite Pusha T album. Now, going on from here, where exactly am I getting at? Again, if you're a fan of rap, hip-hop, Pusha T. Pusha T is still hot. Rapping bars. So what do you mean we still listen to everybody going to keep listening to Pusha T? Now, going on from there, Koi said it's going to take about a week or two for people to, you know, get settled with the album, realize whatever whatever she has going in her head with the project and the variety in the album that eventually people will gravitate to. In a week or two weeks, we're going to look... I'm not just going to talk about we. I'm going to say me because I don't want to say the internet is not me. I'm going to have a finalized verdict on how I feel about the album. In a week or two, I'm going to understand exactly where your label fucked up, where you fucked up, and why the music isn't hitting. Now, with that being said, I got to push a thing out of the way. But as far as Koi on Trendsetter, on the album itself, what are we getting? I've been listening to it here and there because I don't want to suffer for 20 plus tracks. 20 tracks. I don't want to suffer, especially with tracks we've already heard. Big Purr, No More Parties. You know, the reason these tracks are being thrown in the album is to push sales and it's not even doing that well. Now, one thing I do want to mention is when it comes to features, Trendsetter is an album that when I was listening through it, I was excited for the features because I was bored of Koi. That's terrible. There's no reason I should be more excited for the features than the actual artists. Now, real quick, we're going to go through a couple tracks. Not the entire thing. I don't want to suffer here. But Hollywood Dreams, it tries to be this grand, slow intro, but it just falls flat. It's boring. And the variety she mentions in the project hurts the album more than it helps. There's no sense of flow, 
cohesiveness, uh, track sequencing. It's awkward how we go from Hollywood Dreams to a more aggressive Blick Blick, where again, I dropped a review on this for those of you interested. Coyle Ray dropped the ball, uh, terrible hook, weak bars, and Nicki Minaj ran circles. She ran laps. At this point, she could remove her own verse and just keep Nicki on here. And then we get this reggae-inspired track from Koi and Young Blue, where Young Blue was the highlight. So already the first three tracks, yes, there's variety here, but it's confusing. The vibe is off. And what are we getting here? Because uh, this doesn't feel like Koi's world. This feels like just throwing a bunch of tracks together and hopefully it will make it work. Going on from there, Mountains with Koi, Fabi, and Young M.A. I'm not interested in Koi. Thief in the Night with G Herbo. We listening to it for G Herbo. So yeah, for me, when I read Thief in the Night, I'm already thinking of Young Thug. So you're already lost because I'm not interested in you. I'm thinking of Thief in the Night by Young Thug. So I'm going to go bump that. Then I'm going to go bump this, listen to G Herbo, and be like, all right, cool. You, you shouldn't have done this. And I say this with the highest respect. Because I'm not here to shit on Nav for the sake of, ah, Nav outperformed you. Nav did very well. I enjoyed Nav a lot more than Koi. For whatever reason, if you're letting your features outperform you in your own album, that's that's not a good sign. And throughout these tracks, again, it's just everywhere. We, we, whenever we have mountains, thief in the night, and then we're going into overthinking, who was thinking of the sequencing, sequencing here? Now, real quick, I don't... I don't want to stretch us too far until I have a more in-depth review of the album. I know I promise y'all some reviews. I do a lot of singles, but it just takes me some time. You have, Koi has 5.9 million followers on Instagram. I don't know how many she has on TikTok. I don't know about any other social media. 5.9 million followers. And you're only going to do 10K first week. So your label fucked up because they're losing money. They're losing money on this release. Not only did your label fuck up, but clearly whoever was letting this mu- all of this all of these tracks leave the drive fucked up because they're not even able to sequence the project properly. Whoever was executive producer of this album, they didn't know what they were doing. The cover art, boring. Boring. Trendsetter in a colorful flaunt, flaunt font. Um, Koi bending over with her face shocked. And this isn't for me to say, oh, you should put a long skirt. We don't want us over-sexualized women. It's just, there's nothing attention grabbing here. We could have gone a lot more creative with this than just, oh, I'm bending over with my face open. Hopefully people will click on the album to see why. That's that's the kind of energy I'm getting from this cover. But more importantly, if you have 5.9 million views, viral tracks, viral plays on TikTok, tracks where, you know, with Pooh Shiesty, Big Purr, of course, no more parties with Dirk, which, by the way, these are old tracks. 5.9 million followers, major label push, big features, high, um, not high, yeah, um, high investments in music videos. And you're not even able to crack 20? Where are your fans? Who is a Koi LeRae fan? And not that, oh, you flop, because I don't like to say just flop. Who knows? In three weeks, it, this just might take the internet by storm. It really isn't. But who are Koi LeRae fans? What does Koi LeRae do differently from everybody else that's like, no, I need to listen to her? Where out of that 5.9 million, who's buying your music? Who's genuinely listening to you? Now, I'm mentioning all of this to say, because when I, when I saw the bits and pieces of that interview, and I wanted to make sure I watched the whole thing, because initially I heard the Pusha T 
um, comment with Charlamagne. I'm like, oh, don't tell me she ain't. I push her teeth. Then I watch it. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get where she's coming from. But who's the target demographic for Koi LeRae that's supporting her music? Because right now it seems it's being driven by viral moments on social medias and just, you know, breakout viral tracks. Because there's a difference between a viral track and a genuine hit that everybody is listening to. A hit is listened to by everybody. Of course, we might have certain demographics, age groups that probably listen to a hit more often. But when you genuinely have a hit, you don't got to worry about which crowd's listening to it. It's being listened to. Whenever we have tracks that get viral and we have highly clouded moments, it could cloud judgment. It could cloud what's really supporting you, what's really pushing you and inflate these numbers. Now, I don't want to throw fake streams going on fake streams onto this just because she flops. So all of a sudden, everything else has to be full of fake streams. But Koi... She's disconnected from the reality around her fans, around her music, her label. I don't know what's up with her label. How they allowed this shit, this whole album to go up to streaming platforms. Don't know the bag they spent on Koi. I don't know nothing about her royalties or nothing like that. But I know their label not going to get their money back for a good bit. They not. And after these two weeks, when everything settles, the internet's going to do its thing. For me, I would like to give a more detailed breakdown. But... I might, I might not enjoy breaking down this album that much, and it might be a lot more negative than positive. And not to say that, you know, I'm afraid of going that route, but I usually want to talk about music with you guys that is enjoyable to where it's more enjoyable than terrible. You feel me? I, it's, I feel it's easy to review a bad project. That, that shit really is easy. I feel, and not for the sake of, you know, giving you quality content, but for what I enjoy speaking about. I enjoy speaking about music that I enjoy and the reasons why picking at that. Because whenever it comes to a bad project, oh, trust me, I could, every single track can get broken down to a level two. In the simplest term, it's bad. Not even it's mid, just it's bad. But with that being said, that's sort of my thoughts on trendsetter Koi LeRae, her, I guess, mindset surrounding her album, her music, the way, you know, um, the, the comment with Pusha T, the way she feels people are going to gravitate her, to her albums a week or two later. To summarize everything, clout is a hell of a fucking drug. I think I'll end it at that. I'll catch you guys on the next one.